Ocean, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, good morning and welcome. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Uh, is everybody like the uh, the weather that's been outside? Can we get to <laughs> fall, <laughs> please? Oh my goodness. You know, like a couple of weeks back, it was in like the 80s and the humidity was low and it kind of had that fall feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you kind of yeah. got that a well, couple of days. And whenever I go to work, it's, you know, butt crack of mm-hmm. dawn. So it was like 60, yeah. 63 when I was leaving. It was perfect. It had the tiniest bit of chill in uh-huh. the air. Oh. I think one of those days I walked out, probably not quite as early as you, but, and I'm not, you know, like call-in days or whatever. Even when I am sick, now that's changed the last few years because everybody, when you're sick, you need to stay home. I get it, yep. But I'm not one to use like sick days ever. They typically just accumulate up and, you know, eventually, you know, something happens and I need several days, but I'm just not one to not be at work. But that morning that I opened the door and I'm I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the mornings you felt the kind of, you know, the fall is in there. I'm like, man, I could call in today. (laughs) I didn't. I went to work. I took care of business. That's how like, I am when it rains oh, in the yeah. morning. Yeah. You know, an early morning thunderstorm. Well, it wasn't that I was going to be a bum that day. I was just thinking, how much stuff could I get done? In this cool weather. In the cool weather. Right. I'm like, oh, I could get so much done and I wouldn't die. Uh, this week, we had some personal vehicle problems. Uh-oh. I know people need to... I try and keep it real with you guys. Um, you know, even our cars break down from it time happens. to time. I drive pretty high mileage vehicles. The kids' are less high mileage. I kind of prioritize theirs a little bit, maybe more than mine. But we had one of our older kids, her alternator went out. Um, So that was a little un... uh, And and I was kind of thinking about it, and I was talking to one of my techs about it. And he's like, it's the heat, man. They just can't take it. This is where it stresses whatever weak component out. And it's like, hey, and I didn't think about it. Like, I mean, obviously I knew it's been hotter than Hades out there, but, you know, as I was kind of venting or complaining or whining, however you want to look at that, um, he's like, yeah, it's the heat. I'm like, oh yeah, that that definitely makes sense. I don't want to work in the heat. You know, I want to take a break and her alternator took a break. I also, on my service truck, the transmission decided to leave the chat and uh, I had to put a transmission in it. Thankfully, Harland was able to do all that for me. So I was able to keep doing what I'm doing, and, and he took care of it and got my truck back on the road. So very appreciative with that. So I do a lot of towing with that vehicle, and I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about the towing portion of things because I like towing. Sure. Um, but that is a 2012 six-liter Chevy that's pretty much loaded all the time, and it made it almost to 230,000 miles. So that's a, a fairly common area where I see transmissions start to um you know just decide hey i am a wear item and i am worn out and so we were able to get and i have a great line on some of the factory built transmissions so um if you're out there and in need of something like that definitely my sunset location is probably the location i would direct you guys to but uh annie as well she's the store manager there she is very well versed in transmissions and transmission repair replacement Um, She's probably one of my stronger folks in that area. So we took it over there. That's where Harlan's at. And he got it turned around in like two days. 
I was very impressed with how quickly I was able to get that truck back and get it on the road. As well as, you know, at A1, we do kind of the extra little stuff, which makes a huge difference. And so we sent the drive shaft over and got it balanced and taken care of because we had it out. I wanted to protect everything as much as possible. But, you know, even in our world, I guess this segment is that, you know, hey, I got I, I uh, take the same medicine everybody else does, I suppose, that... You know, sometimes you have vehicles that need some love and attention. And when you do, you got to step up to the plate because I would much rather repair and keep my fleet on the road that I already have set up versus, you know, jumping into another, you know, unknown. The devil you know versus the devil you don't, I guess, is my point. So even A1 Custom has to put some love into their vehicles from time to time. So right now, with all of the heat, I'm going to assume you're seeing a lot of probably AC repairs, but are there other repairs that are just really prominent with the heat? So anything that, you know, is kind of, you know, working, but maybe not at its best. So yes, air conditioning work, tremendous amount of that. That's kind of a given. Um, But the thing that you don't think about is like the starting and charging system takes up beating right Mm. now. The batteries typically have some kind of either a lead acid or a gel cell, but as the temperature goes up, it kind of dries out those systems, as well as it stresses out the alternator and charging system, starting system. And so we see a fair amount of no starts or alternator failures, which is what we experience with one of the kids' cars, but a lot of overheats. And that's the other thing. A lot of tire failures too. You know, A1 takes care of tires and We've got some great folks, um, absolutely rock stars. You know, you think about Eddie out at Republic. Any of my bigger, uh, more custom wheels, Eddie's pretty much my recommendation there. Um, Jim at our Sunset location, he does a fantastic job, but I don't have his equipment set up quite to deal with some of those, you know, 33, 35-inch wheels. And then we probably need to talk about it a little bit more, but our new location I am putting some very specific equipment in our Fort and Sunshine location. That location has never done tires. Um, If any of you have ever driven by or visited or patronized that location, you would understand why, because I don't have near the room there. But as you have driven down Sunshine, and I would assume, and we all know what assumptions mean, but... I would assume you folks out there have noticed a new construction going on at the corner of Fort and Sunshine. Holy smokes, that building is going up and it's going up in a hurry. We have an awesome contractor. They're the dude running it and his foreman and the crews on there are kicking butt. And I'm so thankful about that because it's been so doggone hot, which we've we've beat that dog quite a bit today figuratively of course don't beat your dog love your pets but um that building is amazing and it's really going to be set up very very well to continue to keep a1 custom car care on the front lines of automotive service so there is a tremendous amount of good shops here in the springfield area but if you know anybody has noticed lately a lot of those long-term shops are closing their doors or they're retiring and they cannot find anybody else to keep them open because this industry changes so rapidly. And I mean, it's, you know, everybody talks about how much time flies as you get older. And I'm not like a super old man. Um, I'm not an old man really at all. I feel like it sometimes, but 
the automotive industry is essentially on that same curve, if not accelerated some, as technology changes. And a lot of shop owners that have been in business 15, 20, 30, 40 years, there's nobody to turn their shops over to, even if they're a successful business. I get phone calls quite often about shops that are very well-run and uh, productive and profitable businesses. And some of them I consider, you know, I would like to expand the, you know, our locations and our abilities. That's kind of one of our um, goals as a company. And that's what we're in the middle of doing at our corner, at our uh, corner of Fort and Sunshine at our uh, Fort Street location. So, you know, as we grow and continue to stay on the front side of it, we get contacted quite often. And, you know, none of them have really been what I would consider maybe the right move as of yet. But it's something that folks are are reaching out to us because they see us keeping up with the trends in the industry and honestly referring and sending quite a bit of work to our locations, which I greatly appreciate out there. But it's because we have stayed on the front end of the learning curve. And I'll be honest, when I started with the company, they were definitely at the front end of any undercar service. But thankfully, the leadership at the point in time when I started here was looking into the future. They were looking into, hey, you know, we need somebody, which, you know, at that point in time, I was kind of, uh, fortunately, the somebody they picked, that, uh, you know, we need to train some of the custom exhaust and fabrication skills that the company had in spades, but the the workforce that had those skills was aging, and it, they were aging to the point where, you know, those skills were going to die and not be there. And you look at the custom exhaust game here in Springfield. If you want a high end quality exhaust job, it's getting to be a very very few select set of people doing that. Thankfully, I am one of those people. Troy is one of those people. Um, you know, Jason, Cody, they're still carrying that torch. So, you know, the, our company culture is to stay on the front lines, but we need to step into a break. You're listening to Springfield's Talk, 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back, Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. So I guess instead of just being all gloomy and doobie when it's hot outside, what should you do? Is there anything you think differently, Sarah, like when it's hot outside? So actually, I have a story time for you. Okay. I know you were probably going a different direction, but that's fine. Sure. So over the weekend, or I guess it was last weekend, I went to the drive-in. Oh, the, is it the new it one? It is the new one in Buffalo. How was it? It was fantastic. So awesome. couple things. So first, I went and saw Twister. Because ah, you have yeah. to watch Twister at well, the drive-in. I know I've shared this on the show before. That was my first uh, experience at a drive-in movie. Um, we lived up north, like Valparaiso, Indiana may have been the town for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, but I, Twister was the very first drive-in movie I saw with my parents when I was a kid. Nice. So while we were there, we got to see the Starlink satellite train. I saw it too the other night. Did you? I was going to talk about it because I have never seen that before i have never seen that either so and i posted photos on social media and somebody's like you know 
they've been happening for like a year now or whatever. And I'm like, I go to bed at 7 <laughs> p.m. Yes. yes. You get up before it's live outside. <laughs> I was like, I've never, like, it's 9 p.m. You don't understand. It is way past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah. I am tired and the movie just started. Old lady. <laughs> yeah, Old I know. lady. So I took a photo of it. It looks pretty neat. It, yes. That may have been, uh, of course, I'm sure I saw it maybe on a different night, but I, it was like, I don't know how to explain it, like an eerie but cool thing. Yeah, so when I saw it, I was like, what is that? And then the people next to us, they were close enough where you could still kind of hear them. And they were like, the aliens are among (laughs) us. And I told Ryan, I said, it looks like Morris code. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so, and then it just kind of disappeared, too. Oh, really? Yeah, it just disappeared. And I'm like, what in the world? So it's kind of freaky to see, but it was neat. Heck yeah, it was. I was out in the field. Uh, I had some friends bring me a disabled car. I know that's hard to believe. Did you think you were going to get beamed up? No, not at all. (laughs) Uh, Thankfully, they knew what it was. Um, We were unloading it, and and I told them that. I'm like, I love living outside of the light pollution Mm -hmm. of the city because I could see it. And we literally watched it from horizon to horizon, and it was moving. Yeah. I was shocked at how fast it made it across our line of sight. And we we watched it come, you know, obviously off of the horizon. Ours kind of came out of, if I had to be kind of like the northwest corner and tracked to the southeast a little bit was Mm -hmm. our line of sight. And... I didn't count them, and they were kind of, some of them were bunched up together, and some of them were spaced out, but they were in a perfect line tracking yep. over the horizon, and it was it was really a neat um, experience, I guess, and I'm sure it'll become much more of an experience, you know, but I was talking to my sister, and she said that her neighbor, uh, super cool folks, I haven't met them yet, but she speaks very highly of them actually got the Starlink uh, internet, I guess. Oh. And is that where that, I'm assuming guess, that it comes I, from that Honestly, sometime? I don't know that much about it. Well, if anybody out there does, I'd sure like some feedback. So if they could send us some some uh, info on this, that would be awesome. But it was a really cool kind of experience out yeah. there. So you saw it during the drive-in, I mm-hmm. guess, while yep. the movie so was So I was going? missing a portion of uh, <laughs> Twister to take some photos of it. But uh, typically... What is the thing that happens whenever you go to the drive-in? Oh, yep. Your battery runs dead. Well, it wasn't us. It was the people next Aha. to us. It was a it was a carpool of kids, you know. Yeah. That's how it happened. So they came up to Ryan and they said, excuse me, sir. And I looked at Ryan and I was like, you got called sir by these little 16-year-olds. <laughs> uh, but they asked, like, do you have jumper cables? Yeah. And guess what? We had a jump box. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, but... The story does not end there. Uh-oh. So he was able to get a little bit of juice to mm-hmm. their vehicle, but not enough because his jump box died. Yep. So the whole point of me bringing this up is if you do have tools in your emergency kit, mm-hmm. uh, typically that you don't use, kind of like us, we had the jump box, yeah. but it wouldn't have done us any good if our vehicle mm-hmm. would have died because it didn't have enough juice yeah. to be able to uh, get our vehicle starting again. So right now is kind of that good time to check those mm-hmm. things. So, you know, make sure that you got batteries that are working, make sure that things yeah. still have charges. So that's my little PSA for you this morning. So if we got a few minutes mm-hmm. here, I literally, I have another jump box story that happened this week. I told you that uh, our one of our older kids' uh, vehicle, um, she is very good at watching her gauges. Mm-hmm. 
and it was her first day at college, so I feel a little cruddy that she had car problems starting her first day at big kid school. But she did a great job. She called me immediately. It was probably about, oh, I'd say maybe 7, 7.30, somewhere in there on her way to school. So immediately she noticed that her battery light came on and her red brake light came on, which doesn't normally happen when you have a battery-related issue, but on the Kia, that's just how they do it. So uh, she did an awesome job. She called me immediately. I kind of talked her through what to do, uh, got her friend to take her to school, and then I met her after school to see what was going on with her car. I thought maybe the belt had come off or whatever, because typically if your battery light comes on, it's a charging system-related issue. So, you know, I carry a NOCO uh, jump box. That's the brand that I carry. I've had very good luck with those. No, they don't sponsor the show. I pay full tilt or actually I try and wait for Black Friday deals and usually buy them for myself. We have a NOCO too. They're awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. So she was probably about 20 minutes from our house and they're not designed for this, but I will tell you, I have used them for this several times. Actually, uh, somebody here at the studio had the same thing happen at the gas station up the road here. And I was able to go over there. No, we don't do mobile service unless you're a special, special person. Uh, I was able to safely. Now, if you don't know what you're doing, don't do this. This isn't a how to, this is how I did it. Okay. So disclaimer there, but I was able to safely secure the jump box underneath the hood and it's not recommended, and it's a little hard on the jump box to do this, but I basically, so I could get to a safe area, which was our house in this case, or when I helped the folks here at the studio, I was able to get them to the store. I was able to fasten the jump box underneath the hood, get the vehicle started, and it was running off of the jump box to get them where we need to go. Hmm. So it, you typically, I believe in the directions, it says within 30 seconds, if the alternator is charging, you're to unhook the jump box because it can damage the jump box. Now, in this instance, the alternator wasn't charging. I just depleted the jump box and have to recharge it. So having those capabilities has, of course, I'm a mechanic by trade, but has been a really awesome, uh, and it's saved a lot of folks, me included. I had it happen to me several years ago while I was towing a broken car on a trailer, and I was blocking the pumps at a gas pump is where my alternator went out. So that was unpleasant. Uh, It actually shorted my battery too, but I was able to put my jump box on there and get me to the store, get an alternator and a battery, put in it, and then away I went. So... Uh, definitely a great PSA announcement, Sarah, that everybody, if you have those, I strongly recommend having one and gifting them to your loved ones, by the way. I gift a lot of those to everybody. Uh, but you're right. They got to be charged in order for them to kind of do their thing and for you to rely on that, which is a huge, huge deal. So I try and hit the kids usually at least twice a year that, hey, you need to get the jump box out of the car because they all have one in their cars as well. You need to charge it top it off, make sure it's good. And then when you need it and you use it, you've got to recharge it as well. So most of my trucks, actually, they sit in the passenger seat with the charger on them most of the time because I use them so frequently. Yeah. So the NOCO brand is my go-to. Or if you want a little bit bigger one that's heavier and you're physically able to tote it around, a JNC, JNC 660 uh, jump and carry is what the JNC stands for. 660, I believe, is the cold cranking amps and the reserve capacity. Those are my go-to jump boxes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, the I, f- I feel like I should end the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids did get 
Did they? Yeah, they they got all taken care of. The the drive-in had one. Ah, and they, I bet that makes sense. Yes. yes, and thankfully they did. But yeah, uh, just a good little PSA to make sure Absolutely. to go out there and get that done this weekend. So did you happen to notice, and this is a lot less of a normalcy anymore, um, have you ever roll started a manual transmission vehicle with the battery dead? Yes. So that was like as a kid, a lot of my vehicles were manual. So that was kind of before the jump box thing was a normal or cost effective thing. But I used to do that all of the time. I hated doing <laughs> that. So we would do that with the Ranger. Yep. And every once in a while, it would die in the parking lot when we lived in these little apartments mm-hmm. and it had a slope. Uh-huh. So, of course, we had to like get the vehicle out of the parking spot and then try to do a running jump. Uh-huh. Oh, it was a mess. I don't miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, you and Ryan have come far in life. Uh, we're down at the bottom of the hour. I do have some more roll start stories we'll pick up after the break. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back, Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. So, Sarah, when I was... Uh, much younger and much more in the poverty level, if you will. Uh, not that I don't visit that level from time to time still, but it happens. Um, I worked in Springfield and I lived in Marionville and I was driving a older Nissan Pathfinder that was a manual and I had some starter problems. Now this was while I was still working construction, uh, going through my vocational school And I believed it to be a starter failure, but I kept taking it off and taking it into the parts store and they kept quote unquote testing it, which I'm not picking on the parts store guys. I love you guys, but the test just basically was no load. And that was really my first lesson of testing a component, especially a electric drive motor of some kind under load. So it would pass the test. And I bet if I can remember, right, this is probably 30 years ago or so, that I bet I tested it at least a half a dozen times at different parts stores and it always passed. But the moment I would put it on the car, it would not crank the car. For probably at least three months, if not six months, I would roll start the truck uh, in my driveway because I had a pretty good hill. And I would make it to work, and then I would intentionally park on another hill at work, and I would roll start it to get home. And God forbid, I never did kill it, obviously, while I was, you know, in my commute. I've driven a standard. I actually took my driver's test in this same Nissan Pathfinder that is a standard, and the driving uh, instructor, or whatever you want to call it, the one that graded you, I was very shocked that at 16, I was taking my driving test in a manual transmission vehicle. I did my parallel parking. I did all my, you know, drove through construction area. Um, I passed my first go around. I was marked off for one thing. I was very nervous. And when she asked where the defrost icon or how to put the vehicle in defrost, I just froze up and I was like, I don't know. So that was all I missed on my driving test. Uh, But I digress. So for six months, at least three months, three to six months, we'll give a window in there. I roll started that vehicle everywhere I went. 
and I got very good at roll starting that vehicle. I will say it's much easier to roll start a fuel-injected vehicle than it is back in the day a carbureted vehicle, but it can be done. So having, uh, you know, doing the best where you're at with what you got is kind of a, a good philosophy. I had a gentleman kind of share with me recently, and I've always, I guess, essentially, you know, kind of tried to, uh, <laughs> out of necessity, I guess, I've always tried to be able to do that. So in this instance, it's really nice to have a manual transmission. But if you don't, have a good jump box with it, and then you'll be in good shape. But the kids nowadays probably don't even know what a manual is. Even some of our kids, I haven't taught them how to drive a manual. I do have several manual transmission vehicles um, still that I, I work with quite often. Most of them I've all, you know, they're older, um, but it was much more common when I was a kid to get a manual transmission vehicle. Now it's almost a forgotten skill set, I guess. You know, I've, I've seen the memes out there like you guys have that it's a, a millennial theft device or whatever it is if it has a manual transmission in it. But as a young man, I really enjoyed, and I still do from time to time, enjoy getting into a manual transmission vehicle. Uh, but the technology in automatics has come so, so far. You know, I've got a, uh, uh, I think it's a five-speed Allison uh, transmission in a truck that I do a lot of towing with. And that Allison transmission is unbelievably good. I mean, exhaust brake, the whole deal. That thing is just a tow monster. Absolutely rock star. And I will tell you, if you if you are doing some towing and you don't have, you know, a vehicle that's necessarily designed for that, say you've got a half ton or even a three quarter ton truck, you got to make sure that you are turning the overdrive off or putting them in tow haul mode when you have a lot of weight behind it, as well as monitor your transmission temperatures. Um, you know, we're talking about the heat we've been going through right now. I've seen a fair amount of transmission failures here recently. And a big part of that is the heat that the transmission is capable of dealing with. And when you're in overdrive and you're towing, um, the nature of overdrive is that you are getting more transmission slip and the more transmission slip that you get, the more heat is a byproduct of the overdrive function. Now, under normal circumstances, when the vehicle's not loaded very heavily, now this goes for even smaller passenger cars and SUVs, by the way, if you look at the payload capacity of what a vehicle is supposed to deal with, I'll give you an example. We have a oh, 06 or 07 Honda Element. Forgive me, I've owned a lot of Honda Elements over the years. I really like those vehicles. The towing capacity or the payload capacity, I think, is like 700 or 900 pounds. Well, any of you that's ever met me, I'm a fairly large fella. Um, so I'm going to take up a fair amount of your payload capacity of that vehicle. So where am I going with this? If you got a bunch of junk, no matter whether you got a big vehicle, a small vehicle, you need to monitor the transmission temperatures if possible, as well as you need to take it out of overdrive if you got a lot of crap in the vehicle and keep the speed at a more manageable rate. So what does that mean? So let's use my Honda Element because that's kind of a good commuter, a good small compact SUV. So if I'm in there, I got another adult, a couple of kids in there, whatever it is, and say we stop at Sam's and we buy a whole bunch of cases of water. 
Now, I'm not saying do that. I'm just using water as a good, heavy example. I need to, as I commute home, to shift that out of the ability for that vehicle to go into overdrive. Is it going to rev the engine a little bit more? Yeah. Am I going to keep my speeds down a little bit more? Yes. Here's why this matters. Because even if you have a perfectly good, awesome transmission, once you start creeping the temperatures of that transmission over 230 degrees, 240 degrees, etc., and up from there, which I have done all this, by the way, I've had vehicles that have had issues where I've towed incorrectly, the friction material starts to come off the frictions of the transmission and you can smoke a perfectly good transmission that would have gave you many more years of service because you got the temperature too high and the adhesive portion of that released the frictions and allowed them start to start to slip. And once they start to slip, when you pull the steels and the frictions apart, they're burnt and you've ruined a perfectly good transmission. The reason we're doing more transmission work than I used to is I've been having a hard time referring and subletting some of that out. I know there are some relationships here on KSGF. I might need to reach out to that actually and see if I can get some assistance or get some aid or refer that work somewhere else. But that's why A1 has got into doing transmission work is because I was struggling referring it to other places. So um, it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of A1 Custom Car Care's business is that we're getting into the transmission side of things. So, you know, if you got some aid out there or, you know, something going on, get a hold of Annie up there. She'll get you taken care of. If not, hopefully heed my warning and don't burn up your transmission. They do need serviced. So we need to step into one more break. Sarah and I'll be back right after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. We've got just a little bit of time. you got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. I'm sorry. I know that's probably not where you were going. No, but that's fine. We'll we'll roll with it. No problem. People going to be traveling. Are you doing some traveling? You know, we're kind of on the fence about some of that stuff. Mm. You know, we had planned a trip to Florida. I don't know whether we're going to do that Aww. or not. I don't know. We're kind of welching out on it at the last minute. But uh, we got plenty of stuff to do that keep us at home. Kind of a staycation. Oh, that's the worst. Don't I do that. Know. Don't. I really want to go to Florida. Do like, it. Super fly Do bad. it. You should do it. I feel because, you know, we went like several years ago, but like it's probably been probably five years since we had like a vacation where we didn't just staycation and work and spend money on our house and and property and whatnot yeah uh so i don't know we're, we're debating on that i'm trying to get things ready to go um we've got our camper in for some warranty service mm. um so we'll see how that goes and then i've got a bunch of parts to rebuild the brake system on the truck that we tow with because i've got a warped rotor and some kind of a hydraulic restriction in the front and so my brakes are pulling on it a little bit when i get them hot so i was trying to get ready for all that so we had a flawless trip down there and back but we'll see kind of how that goes what about you guys you guys gonna we are gallivant around a little bit yes so uh i'm taking the little one on a vacation we're gonna see how this goes yeah. because you know it is kind of fun to travel with toddlers oh, yeah. 
So he has definitely gained his independence here recently. Mm -hmm. He learned how to walk. Now he runs everywhere. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. And he does not like the car seat. So So I don't want to jinx you, but I'm going to ask you, have you had the kids sick in the car yet? No, please Um, don't. (laughs) Please don't jinx me. Well, I will tell you, uh, you know, I've got uh, several kids. Most of them are older now. But they all took a turn at that, that, you know, you're on the road and if they're napping, it's usually pretty cool, Mm -hmm. but I would try and push a little bit far and my oldest daughter, she would get sick at about like the three and a half hour. Um, and, and that's, that's a tough one to stop and clean up on the side of the road. Right. It's rough for them. It's rough for you. It's not awesome for the vehicle. Um, but thankfully they're all older now so they can all, you know, tell me, Hey, you know, I don't right. feel good or I need to pull over. We need to, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever it is. Um, I try and be a courteous, uh, you know, trip person. Or I think one say. of us is going to ride back there yeah. with him. That way we can keep him entertained yep. and give him snacks. We awesome. got a portable DVD player, yes. which you would not believe how hard that was f- to find. Yep. It was there, hard. Yes, I do actually know that because with Brenly, we run a portable DVD for her. Uh, but Stacy has really done a good job. Um, <laughs> she's ordered all kinds of stuff to secure the iPad to the back of the front seat. Uh-huh. And she finally, depending on the vehicle we're in at the moment, she's got a system worked out. And the iPad has worked out really good because a lot of that you can stream off right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we do run a portable DVD player on different occasions as well. Um, you're not kidding. Those are no longer a common thing to be able to obtain. No. And the one that I got, it does not have a rechargeable battery. Oh, no. I know. And really? I, yeah. And it was one of those things where the place that I got it, of course, it was under lock and key. Mm-hmm. So you had to call an associate over there. So then I didn't have the opportunity to really like get a good look at it Mm because they're like okay we'll take it up front for you and i'm like all right well we're buying this thing yeah so it has like the actual like uh cigarette lighter charger and i'm like well i hope it reaches my goodness yeah but i remember when i was a kid we had a portable dvd player yeah and it took you know like 15 Uh batteries yes (laughs) yep and charge was not very good so did you ever have you probably didn't do you know what a walkman is i do know what a walkman is and then a portable uh Walkman made a CD player as well. So I never had a Walkman, but I did have the portable CD player. Uh And those things, they were so dumb. They were. Because you'd hit a bump and skip. Yeah. And then they did the deal where you could hook them on your belt. Oh, yeah. I did that. You know, and they took like 78 AA batteries (laughs) as well. And they lasted like 12 songs and (laughs) you were out again. (laughs) But I thought I was pretty gangster back then. Me too. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, but now everything's the iPod or your phone at this point yeah. with no cords. It's all I, Bluetooth. I had the iPod, and I still listen to my iPod Do every you? once in a while. I have one of those iHomes, so uh-huh, it was like yes. where your iPod would go in, mm-hmm. and then you could just listen to music. Mm-hmm. But another thing I had, this is not where I was going with yeah, this segment, but know. it's fine. Of um, I had a vehicle that didn't have an aux cord. Uh-huh. It was my, Do- my Dodge Neon. And I guess maybe my uh, Dodge Stratus didn't have it either, but they had a uh, cassette tapes uh-huh. so i had the cassette tape that had the wire mm-hmm. that you could then plug into any device so yeah. that's how i would listen to my music those used to be at the checkout at walmart they oh, were yeah. there for years they were like eight bucks yeah i i don't know that i ever had one a lot of times i didn't have a radio in my vehicle so 
And they were all really loud, so you really couldn't enjoy that very (laughs) much. I thought back in the day, everything I had, I wanted to take the exhaust off and run open exhaust. Oh, boy. And I was that guy, you know. And now, like, as they drive by the shop, they always rev it up. So they're like, yeah, it's a shop, Ah," you know. And I'm just like, oh. Stop. Yeah, I was that kid at one point. And I, (laughs) yeah. Now I'm the old man like, put a muffler on that. Get off my lawn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, I'm not kidding at all, actually. Especially like some of the four-cylinder cars. Uh, (laughs) One of my techs, we were driving in this Honda Civic with the Vroom Vroom muffler passes us. And we were were both in there and I was watching the scan tool. He's like, oh, there goes Dominic Toretto. And I just lost it because, you know, what was that? Probably, oh... One or two was when uh, Fast and the Furious first came out. <laughs> I'm trying. I tried to sit down and watch Fast Nine the other night. Is that and, the one where they go to space? Uh, I don't know. I didn't make it that far. It was kind of lame, and uh, there was some very cheesy action scenes, and I fell asleep. Uh, I would have never fallen asleep in like the first like probably five or six, mm-hmm. but that one I was like, oh my gosh, the storyline just was. I don't know. Not what it once was, I guess. So I don't know if they made it to space or not because I fell asleep. We watched the one where they went to space at the drive-in, so I'm going to assume it's an older one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I I fell asleep for a while, and then Ryan woke me up, and then we made fun of it <laughs> yeah. because it was the it was the first feature So because we went to um, Aurora, and they oh, always yeah. do a double feature. So yeah. the, the second movie is what we wanted to see. But... Sunset Drive-In. I spent oh, a lot yes. of time there Me as a kid. too. That was my first date with Ryan. Oh, that worked out well, didn't it? I know. It? Yeah. Now look at us now. That's right. <laughs> now you're going to see Twister. Yep. Did they do a double feature or is it Mm-mm. a single feature? No, nope, just a okay. single feature. Uh, it was worth it, though. Oh, and it was for nice. Sure. We got home at like 1030. I usually, I don't, I mean, when I was younger, obviously I stayed, if you know, but most of the time I would either leave after the first feature or I'd watch a little bit of the second feature and then I would head out. I always if fell not, asleep. That's my signature. Oh, move. yeah. It, it's because it's so late by the time the double feature gets over. I know. It'd have to be a really, really good movie. I think actually Stacy and I, one of our first dates was the Sunset Dragon. And she is a city gal. Uh, she grew up in Fort Walden Beach, Destin area, Florida. And so we're sitting there in our chairs, and I think it was a possum, might have been an armadillo, doesn't matter, starts scurrying. Well, she didn't know what to do, so she's like, we were sitting behind the truck in the lawn chairs, and so she like hauls into the truck, and she's like, what is that? Like, it's just a possum. You want me to go catch it or armadillo? (laughs) I've caught tons of those over the years, and I know, yes, they have some kind of thing, and you can catch it or you can't catch it, I don't know, but it's not killed me yet, so... Why not? But yes, I don't even remember what the movie was that we watched that night. Uh, we did leave after the first one because I was old man tired at that point. <laughs> so, but nothing's that's changed. No, huh? nothing's changed. That's that's been a, such a great uh, thing to go and hang out. Actually, uh, when I was younger, I ended up I didn't know it at the time, but we were hanging out with some folks, and it ended up being Nick's I think younger brother. Uh-huh. Uh, we hang out with them quite a bit well, at the no drive-in when I was either. a young kid. Uh, he managed the grocery store back in the day there in Marionville. I think it was uh, Murphy's Market. Maybe oh, yeah, back yeah. Then. Uh-huh. So that's later I ran into him and Nick and I'm like, hey, I kind of know you from like a long time ago. He's like, yeah, I kind of know you too. <laughs> so it's such a small world. It is a small world. So if uh, people are out there traveling, if they're taking their own vehicles, we've got just a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So what are some maintenance tips? 
you especially with the heat you have got to go through and at least check your fluids now don't mix fluids if it's power steering put power steering in it if it's brake fluid god please make sure you're putting brake fluid in the master cylinder nothing petroleum based um, but you really got to keep a good eye on your fluids and your gauges okay so if you got gauges for temperature and oil pressure and all the good stuff monitor it closely as well as your tires with it being this hot outside you're going to find the weakest link whether it's tire related whether it's alternator related transmission related which is kind of what's been going on in our a1 custom world um, you gotta make sure that you're being as proactive as possible otherwise it becomes the priority numero uno and you're broke down somewhere or you blow a tire or have a flat tire or the transmission goes out or the alternator goes out so i'm being a little bit over the top here but with extreme heat and extreme cold that is where it stresses the weakest link the quickest and it will automatically escalate it to the priority of your world so be mindful of that i check mine quite often to be honest if i'm running around local i typically don't get into it too much um, but anytime I'm going on either an extended trip or I'm doing hauling, I go through, I air up all the tires, I check all the fluids, I top everything off. I usually run with the radio down a little bit. I keep it on, but not very loud so I can listen to what's going on with the truck, uh, car, whatever, fill in the blank SUV, grocery getter that you have. But that will save you tremendously, which I got to uh, tip my hat to Miss Trinity. She saw the light come on immediately. So that gave her a buffer zone to run on the battery that was on there. If the, if the battery light ever does come on and you're trying to get to a safe place, you need to turn off all electrical loads. So do not run the blower. Do not run the headlights if it's at night unless, you know, you're getting to a safe place or... You know, you need to turn off all electrical loads because that'll allow the uh, ignition system or the electrical system to get you to where you need to be. If you deplete it to the point, it will no longer run the ignition system, which is what fires the spark plugs. The car will stall and leave you stranded. So if the battery light comes on, you need to get to a safe place. If the overheat light or gauge goes up really, really high, you have got to stop and pull it over. Otherwise, I guarantee you will kill the engine. And that's going to be anywhere from six to eight grand on the low end, probably eight to 12 grand on the high end, only because you overheated it. All right. Well, we are officially out of show. If you guys are out there in Radio Land, you have a question or a comment for us, feel free to text us on our text line. That phone number is 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on our social media. That is at 1041KSGF. Dustin, I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. You as well. Be safe out there. Bye.